So I'm a father of one. I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Have you heard about Vivgard, Fgard Tigamod Alpha FCAB? Ask your neurologist if Vivgard could be right for you and learn more at vivgard.com slash learn. That's V-Y-V-G-A-R-T dot com slash learn. Brought to you by Argenix. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Benjamin. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kurt Guerin. And I am the third host of, uh, or the third half of Car Stuff. Uh, my name is Ben Bolin. And uh, I've got to say, today's episode is a pretty fascinating idea for anyone who doesn't know. Kurt, uh, you would consider yourself a cyclist, right? Yeah, yeah. I would. A non-motorized Okay. Cyclist. Okay. And there's a there's a popular cycling culture in our city, the fair metropolis of Atlanta. You oh. know. Hey, wait. Super quick, I gotta interrupt. Yeah. You said you're the third half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just uh, just checking in, just making sure. Dude, I'm not like a fraction surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to buzz your shots. <laughs> no, 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 I know. Hey, I know. Listen, listen, it's fun. It's all in fun, Ben. Thanks but, for but, letting but, me it, slip it, that it, joke <laughs> in though. <laughs> I thought I so, thought I could get away with it if it wasn't for you darn kids. Hey, listen, if I'm not here to interrupt things, I don't know what I'm here for. But but seriously, <laughs> you were saying that there is a bicycle culture here in Atlanta, and there, and I see it all the time. Of course, there's both motorized and non-motorized, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think there's uh, listeners. You'll find there's a reason that our pal Kurt is making that distinction between motorized and non-motorized vehicles. Now, the three of us live in different neighborhoods. I live probably the closest to work out of the three of us. And on the strip of the main road, Ponce de Leon here, you can sometimes see on the weekends groups of people, typically on motorcycles. You might see some three-wheeled vehicles as well. Just sort of hot rodding, you know what I mean? Uh, Just making the scene, stopping at the local chicken wing place. Or one of them. We have like three chicken wing places on this strip because it's Atlanta. Chicken strips. Chicken strips, yes, exactly. Uh, And generally, in this neighborhood, those groups are going to be about maybe at the most 15 or 18 bikes. Still a pretty big group. That's And that's at the maximum size, you know what I mean? That's like Saturday on a holiday weekend. Yeah. But I've always wondered how these groups get together, how they form, what they're doing, couple of times, the guys who have the, the best music just post up in a parking lot. They drive, they post up in the parking lot, and they drive somewhere else <laughs> to a different parking lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it seems all in good fun, but I'm not the only person who's had this kind of experience. Yeah, um, back in September, I was on my way to the airport. This is on Interstate 285 here in Atlanta. It was on a Sunday, so uh, not a heavy traffic day. I was headed southbound towards the I-20 intersection, and traffic was going at a strange pace. So as I made my way through the cluster of cars, I noticed that there were several ATVs in the right two lanes. They were followed by a, a police officer without lights on, just kind of, they were, they were flowing with traffic, actually maybe a little slower than traffic was moving. They had taken the exit, and there was a, the rest of the group was coming back on to the interstate from the exit. So I would say there were maybe 60 to 80 bikers. Significantly larger. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. they were on all different flavors of ATV, three-wheelers, four-wheelers, dirt bikes, some street motorcycles. Ah, okay. You're getting to the crux of this whole thing now. These are the off-road vehicles, right? The unlicensed vehicles 
that are on the street. And we're yeah, talking so, interstate. And I would argue that's a whole different beast. You know, that's not the same thing as a group of street legal bikes. And I, I've actually, bikes. yeah, I, yeah, I've actually seen something very similar. This will be a little bit of inside baseball for people who are not familiar with Atlanta, but you two will know what I'm talking about. You guys know North Avenue crosses over the interstate. Yes. So when I was in college, there was a gas station that would be a stopping point for a ATV bike gang, an off-road bike gang. And I thought they were cool because it always looked like I was maybe walking into a music video and I had this idea that was a cameo of the guy in the back who like comes in and gets a Coke and just like walks out while they're doing the group scene. But this group reminded me of the Rough Riders from uh, DMX videos, you know. Uh, he had a he had a lot of music videos where there would be people riding these off-road bikes, these ATVs and so on. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, you guys know me. I never want to mess up someone else's good time. But is that legal? Not legal. Not legal on city streets, not legal on residential streets, not illegal anywhere. These are off-road vehicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, I believe, get a bike that looks like an off-road bike mm-hmm. licensed. Yeah. Even, you know, it has to pass the, the certification, it has to have exact, you know, what it needs, the lights facing forward and backward, you know, turn indicators, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Make sure that, you know, it checks out mechanically, all that. And you can get a license, but they're, they're not licensed. These are licensed for off-road use. They are probably not even that. They're just simply ATVs and bikes that are, you know, they come into the hands of certain individuals that, you know, park them in a garage and kind of hide them away, bring them out when uh, there's going to be a, uh, I think what they call them, a ride out or, well, we'll talk about all the different types of these in just a moment. But I think it, maybe it's best if we, if, can we just, just kind of describe what you feel when you see one of these? Because I, I kind of like, I, I have got so many mixed emotions about this whole thing. And if you listen to this whole podcast, you're going to find that I'm not trying to contradict myself, but there's a, but, but I'll, I'll say this, and I was talking with Kurt off air about this earlier. Kurt and I were saying, you know, it's like there's this one part of it that's really cool, but then there's this other side, and then there's this other side that looks really dangerous, but then there's also this, and here, I don't understand why they do it, but I do get this, and like it's just this back and forth in my mm-hmm. own head, mm-hmm. and I can't seem to sort it all out. I know that it's not legal. It looks like. A hell of a lot of fun. It really does. When I watch one of these, I think, I guess the first thing is like, oh man, that looks like a great time. Looks like it would be a blast to do what these guys do. And and if any listener is wanting to just get a quick glimpse of this while we're talking, or, or if they don't understand what we're talking about, you can search bike life, like all one word, you know, you can put any big city name in front of that. ATL bike life, you can put Baltimore bike life, New Orleans bike life, whatever you want. You'll find examples of these videos of these rideouts that they do, these ATV and, and um, dirt bike rideouts in these large cities. Just about any large city has it now. But I, when I watch them, I really do think like, oh man, that's, that's got to be so much fun, but I would be worried about getting arrested. And then it looks like, who wouldn't want to do something like this? These stunt, these stunt riders are amazing, but they're not wearing any safety equipment at all. I mean, nothing. They're not wearing helmets. They're not wearing, you know, the, the jackets, the leathers, or anything like that. Some of them will wear helmets or goggles, and a lot of times I feel like that's just to disguise who they are. Because uh, yeah, yeah. almost yeah. invariably, almost invariably in one of these videos, every one of these videos, the police show up. And they have their lights on. They, you know, they give them a couple of warning sirens or whatever. But like Kurt said... Sometimes they are following them. They're not intending to pull them over, really. It's almost like they're just watching them to make sure that nothing happens to them. You know, they don't anger the public that's on the road. Mm. And, and, you know, something dire happens there, a confrontation between them. Get on the wrong side of someone in a truck or an SUV. And, of course, when the police do show up, here's another one of these, like, this is great, but... You know, okay, so the police show up and they and they really have a hard time dealing with these guys. And we can talk about that later more in detail because there's a lot of problems with how to handle these situations. You know, these, there's a lot of people on the roads illegally and doing illegal things. There's a lot of just, like, complete disrespect for the police in this, in that they'll taunt the police. They'll ride by them with, you know, the middle finger in the air, shouting things. If the police get out of the car to kind of chase one of them down or something, they will, they'll jump on top of the car and smash, you know, uh, windows and that kind of thing. It's that happened. doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen though, every right? time, but it, it has happened. And yeah. that's the stuff that goes viral that most of America sees. I see. If yeah. you're not in the city, you don't see it all the time with every ride, of course. I mean, it only I know takes that's, one, one it, bad apple exactly, to spoil a bunch. Exactly. I think that's why the police kind of hang back and don't pursue because yeah. they know there's going to be this one person that's going to 
want to chase. Well, everything's so. videotaped right now. I mean, sure. or, yeah. or recorded. I keep saying videotaped. Like, they've got, <laughs> yeah, you know, they've, they've got the reels got the, on their <laughs> chest. Just got the, the giant VHS camera on their shoulder like a bazooka, uh-huh. you know, that kind of thing. No, um, everything is recorded now, it yeah. seems. Like, everybody's got a GoPro that does this, of course, and then people are holding up their phones. And we've seen a lot of examples of police trying to arrest the, the individuals that are doing this. You know, it is illegal. To, mm-hmm. to do this so that they're within their rights to stop them and at least warn them or tell them or whatever. But the taunting then gets them angry. They get angry at the riders. They try to stop the riders. Now they're in a, they're, man, there's so many things. They're, they're in like a 5,000 pound car. First mm-hmm. of all, the police yeah, trying to catch somebody who's on a 200 pound bike that can go, you know, in between cars, in between houses, off road, any terrain, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the beauty of the bike that they're using to, mm-hmm. to get away or to, to do this. Um, it, it's just, it's a no-win situation for the police in the, in this situation. I don't believe the police chase after motorcycles in general. I think they'll just rely on other means to catch them later, mm. just yeah. for the general public safety. I think just, that's just like a rule of thumb. You mean just maybe identify them, or, let, yeah, let them go for to. now, locate them later? I think so. Yeah, you'll, you'll get that letter, or yeah. you'll get that surprise visit to the office. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it is fun to watch the police chase videos where they try to catch motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just watch the in-car camera stuff and, you know, hear yeah. the radio chatter and, you know, trying to trying to radio far enough ahead to get them. And it's just, it's all exciting to me. I, I like this. I, there's, But you can see where I'm I'm super conflicted about all this, right? Because right. so much fun. It's got to be. It's oh, got to sure. be so much fun. Yeah. There's some solutions that people have posed, but maybe they're not very realistic. Yeah, and the notion uh, of a biker gang is kind of steeped into... American culture in general and yeah. car culture and oh, it's just kind of like this thing about it. It's mm-hmm. a it's a bit of an outlaw thing, you know. Of yeah. course it is. It's an outlaw sport or activity or group or whatever. Yeah, but these now, guys aren't one percenters. You know what I mean? They're not no. running. They're not like the outlaw bikers no. of old. They're not running uh, drugs or they're not human traffickers or whatever. No, these honestly, to be completely, these guys are just out to have a good time. And also, they really are. Also, a lot of times it's like a family thing. Like you get together with your siblings, maybe your dad or your kids, and then you guys take your bikes out. Sure. Yeah, I, I can see that. So, okay, so I've said a lot of crap about this already, right. and I've got more to say even. Uh-huh. But uh, what do you guys think about this? When you first watch them, what's your just your gut impression of what you're seeing on the screen in front of you or in person if you've seen it in person? So in person, I don't know about you, Kurt, but in person, the first time I saw it again was in college here in Atlanta. I, at the time, did not know that ATVs or dirt bikes were illegal. I This sounds so stupid saying it, but you can understand my logic, because to me, all-terrain vehicle included, you know, like interstates. That was a terrain. <laughs> so I thought, okay, just do all of that, you yeah, know? Sure. Uh, so... I didn't see the problem. I thought maybe there was a festival or something in town because that was that was my guess. I was like, okay, maybe there's a maybe there's a car show in town or a bike show or something a or a parade maybe, or something. Right, yeah. right. Because I thought eh, it can't be that fun, you know. Maybe they're doing it for a, a cause for like cancer or you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as as I kept watching the guys, I was like. Well, if they're doing it for cause, it's not seatbelts and it's not helmets. That's for sure. <laughs> this is something else. Uh, but I, maybe it's for tattoo removal. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's it. So I, um, I, I kid, see, I kid, I kid. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. see these guys during summer usually because I would walk to the nearby gas station from the dorm. So my initial reaction was one of like bemused interest. But it was I wasn't inspired to get my old four wheeler from back home and roll up with them. It was pretty clear. I was like, these people are all already doing a thing. They may not want outsiders. Oh, sure. Up. Even in the bicycle culture, there's critical mass type yes, rides. So gigantic groups that. of riders who who will take kind of take over the street for that purpose to slow down traffic, to raise awareness. Like, hey, we're here. Um, don't run over us. But when I ride, I mostly try to stay out of the way. I'll mm-hmm. ride on the on the road, sure. but I'll stay over to the side. I'm not trying to to slow people down too much. Can I ask you a quick question about sure. the critical mass thing? Of course. All right. I, th- I have a feeling we 
differ greatly on our opinion about the critical mass bike rides. I, I really do. And the only, the reason is that I feel that if a bike, if a bike group that is blocking major roadways in a city to raise awareness of bikes on the road and, and that, Hey, we're here, we already, you know, we know you're there. <laughs> Angering the people behind the wheel is probably mm-hmm. not the best way to say, give us some space on the road when you see us in the future. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? It, it just makes people angry, really, when they when you've now ruined their weekend plans because, you know, it takes two hours to get through the city instead of, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I get the under, I understand the importance of, of making your voice heard and, you know, the cause and, like, you know, getting people aware of things. But it seems like this is one where you're doing the exact thing that you don't want to happen uh, in order to raise that awareness. You know, oh, like you're, you're making everybody just frustrated as hell mm-hmm. that the bikes are on the road kind of wrecking the traffic flow for that weekend. And the bikes are saying, hey, we're on the road. We don't want to wreck the traffic flow. We're not trying to wreck the traffic flow. We're just we're just want to ride our bike, but you're doing the opposite. So, so, so I, I don't saying, have a whole lot of sympathy for that. Okay, I do understand the importance of making that message known. I, I'm sympathetic in that way. But I think it's just maybe the wrong way to go about it. Like the tactic, you disagree yeah. with the tactic. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, exactly. It's you're you're saying that the optics or the PR is wrong headed. You're saying they're shooting themselves in the foot a little. I feel like they are a little bit because it it just makes other motorists angry in that situation. And there's I just think there's a like there's a better way to do it maybe. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Upgrade your home now at Blinds.com's anniversary sale. And celebrate savings up to 50% off premium window treatments for years to come. Shop for your house from the comfort of home for modern Roman and woven wood shades, shutters, motorized options, and more. 100% online. Blinds.com invented the better way to shop. No salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or have Blinds.com handle it. Unlimited windows for just one low cost. Our design experts can help you select the perfect styles to fit your home and your budget. Totally free. We'll even send you samples fast and free. At Blinds.com, you get upfront pricing with no hidden fees, free shipping, plus our 100% satisfaction guarantee. So raise a toast. To blinds.com and make this an anniversary sale to remember. Shop blinds.com's anniversary sale happening right now for up to 50% off. Save up to 50% at blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the critical mass thing, I would say, is a little different just because of the technology involved. You know what I mean? There's no way that a non-motorized bike, even a bike with like an electronic assist, is going to get to the speed of a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. That may not be true. There's some pretty strong electronic assist now. Yeah, that I think, a, a non-motorized bike, just, you know, leg power alone is is not going to match an ATV or a dirt bike, and it feels like the cyclists approached this a little bit differently because, you know, people on ATVs, people on dirt bikes, 
are often going to be searching for a thrill. We're going to be chasing some adrenaline, right? And a lot of people who bike with a non-motorized bike, on the other hand, are often going to have some concerns about, you know, maybe their health. They want to stay in shape. Maybe they want to be a little kinder to the environment or something like that. So I'm not saying they're diametrically opposed, but they are, I would say, distinct groups, you know? Yeah, sure. And um, the other thing is, I think the critical mass people get a license or something, don't they? Don't they, like It's like a protest. Some so they, do, some don't. You probably have to get a parade permit yeah, or something, something like I would that. Imagine. I would um, bet it's a mix. I think some do, some don't. A lot uh, of them are just some people on Facebook who are saying, what are you doing Saturday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those, well, the even meetups. the ATV rides, um, they're so huge. The one that I saw was giant. The organization impressed me. <laughs> right, the right. fact that they oh, could yeah. just get a bunch of people together and do this thing, whatever it is, is sort of impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You you say that, you know, there were 60 or 80 in that group that you saw. There's There have been groups that are several hundred, and if not close to a thousand people. And when they pass you, when they're passing you on the road or, you know, in the intersection you're at or wherever, uh, it can take a long time for that group to pass because mm-hmm. they're not going like, they're not blazing speed yeah. by, you know, they're doing tricks and they're they're looping back around and doing more tricks. And, you know, they're, uh, it's a lot of, it's about stunt riding. A lot of it is and, and just kind of showing off a bit. I like the circus nature of it. Yeah. You I, know, I kind of do too. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It is like a parade in that way. You know, like, yeah. the, you know, when you see the Shriners go by and their little tiny motorcycles and their cars <laughs> and they do circles and tricks and, yeah, you know, yeah, some, yeah. some routines. And I feel like some of these guys have some of that. Some of that skill, they definitely are skilled. I mean, you, you'll see a lot of really skilled riders doing this. I've, sub- I've seen some people eat the curb. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not, not at like, uh, not at, not at high speeds, but you know. Yeah. I've had that little uh, Nelson, ha ha, moment <laughs> when I saw a guy <laughs> screw up a wheelie and I thought, ha, yeah. you deserve it. Uh, hi, man. I saw a video, um, oh, gosh, maybe we're, we're, branching into another section of this right now. And we yeah. can go back and forth if sure, you want. Sure, but, sure. Uh, there are BMX riders that will do the same thing, mm-hmm. that will amass small, smaller groups of BMX riders, not not hundreds like, you know, we see in, in these big ATV groups and dirt bike groups, but uh, smaller groups, but they're very, again, very skilled with their tricks. And, you know, they, but they're doing things like jumping off the bonnets of cars and, you know, doing ollies over other bikes in the middle of the road. And they're they're like using the the side of a semi like a wall to do tricks off of and yeah. that type of thing. And it's a little it's a little destructive in that, you know, they're harming other people's property as they're doing it. And one of the there's some terrifying videos online yeah. of what these guys do. And they're they're professional. I mean they claimed and I, I say professional, mm-hmm. there's no like league or anything, but this is what they do. They go out on the street and they do this. This is their leisure activity or whatever sport. Um, they will ride right into oncoming traffic. I mean, right dead at you in traffic, and then the very last second, swerve out of the way. The That's very stupid. last second. That's stupid. And slide the wheel and try to get as close to the bumper as you can. But I've seen, like, one of the guys that, you know, claims to be, like, the, you know, the, the king of, uh, I don't know, New Jersey or wherever, right? Oh, they, yeah, yeah. They, they kind of named Jer- themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. His Highness. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know him. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Down the you know, shore, right? He's like he's doing this against like a, a, a minivan that's coming the opposite direction on a bridge, I believe. Slides his rear wheel in front of it and clips the bumper with his rear wheel. Uh-huh. He wipes out. The car stops, thinking like, "Oh my god, I've just hit somebody!" And he just gets on his bike, brushes himself off, and rides away. And is kind of laughing and waving, but you know he's probably scuffed up the bumper of that person. And what's the? I mean, there's a potential for some significant damage there. Two things. Yeah. First. I want to be clear, lest I sound like a cruel person, that the guy I saw mess up the wheelie was probably fine. His most serious fracture was going to be to his pride because <laughs> there were other people watching him. Yeah. And I wasn't the only one laughing. Uh, and number two, what kind of minivan was it? I was a, oh, uh, you know what? I think it was just a Dodge. It was not okay. an Odyssey. It was okay. not an Odyssey. Okay. No, no, I had to check. Okay. Yeah, I hope pr- they're all right then. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was not a Honda Odyssey. I hope they're yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying, though, because when we think about driving on the interstate, even when everybody's obeying the laws of traffic, the rules of the road, one little bit of human error can create a disaster very quickly. And when you're in, I, I think anybody, uh, 
who's driven a fair amount has had that experience where you're driving, you're in a car, truck, what have you, and then you get kind of enveloped by the swarm of bikes, Yeah. right? Oh, sure. And I'm okay. I'm okay with those folks passing through as long as they're not driving too crazy. I'm all about predictability on the road from other drivers and from myself. But I've seen I've seen things where people are, you know, taking crazy swerves or they're trying to race each other. Um, the the interstate that encircles a lot of our city, 285, is infamous for these kinds of crazy uh, maneuvers. Sure. And, lane, lane splitting and things like that. Right, right? But you're right. talking about sport bikes in, in yeah, yeah, many, many cases. In yeah. most cases, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think that these ATV rides are just loaded with people that are taking chances and that are kind of racing each other at times. Not the full time. Cause, sure. But there are some high-speed passes that, you know, they're standing on the back bumper, you know, one wheel in the air, one wheel on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of swerving in between people. And, like, they've got amazing control, uh, sure. you know, while they're in... I guess as much control as you can have with one wheel on the ground <laughs> right, and right. standing on the bike, right? And But there are also, at times, you know, there are some high-speed, you know, little kind of uh, contests between individuals in the group, but it's usually short-lived. And the people, honestly, actually everybody in the group knows to watch for people coming up from behind because that's what's happening all the time. So the authorities are taking action on that. In cities like D.C., mm-hmm. Cleveland, Baltimore, Atlanta, yeah. uh, they're, it's just like um, you were saying earlier, Kurt, maybe their policy is not to chase somebody down while they're on the road, but they'll, you know, they'll click on, they'll get the license, right? And then they'll follow up. In D.C., um, 2018, I think, their Metro Department ended up publishing this video that had to break some people's hearts. Um 62 all-terrain vehicles and dirt bikes uh, were being crushed by the police at a scrapyard outside of the city. Confiscated, huh? Yeah, Mm. yep, confiscated. And currently, or at the time in D.C., what would happen is when they followed up on your license and came back, you would get a $250 fine, possibly a 30-day jail sentence. Okay, I'm going to have to ask you this question. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a license. So do you think that they're doing the license or just a description and then it's word of mouth who's who's who or they've actually nabbed these guys at home? Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I yeah. wonder. Cause How are they finding you, them? You can't trace them back to, uh, right. to anybody because they're not is, street legal. Yeah, these are not street legal. So I think they're getting actual clear photographs of them. Okay. Then, you know, uh, you know, of course, through video and, and stills. Yeah. And then being able to trace it back to individuals that let's say they they may have had contact with these individuals in the past, you know. Previous record, whatever it happens to be, you know, I recognize that neck tattoo on that guy. Or I recognize, <laughs> right, you know, something right. distinctive about them. We all call them snake bite. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's ways to track down people even, you know, if you don't have a license plate. That's and a really I, good point. And I think that's probably what's happening. And if they did have plates, they'd probably have a whole lot more to crush, I would think. Well, yeah. In D.C., what they're doing is, what they were doing at least, was also offering $250 to people who provided info to the police that would help them track down users uh, so you've got to be right. That's that's a very good correction there. People are proposing different ideas in a story out of WAMU 88.5 in D.C. A guy named Eric Butler Jr. proposed that instead of destroying ATVs and dirt bikes and arresting and finding the users, the city should just allow them to be registered and legally used on city streets. Oh, boy. that's And that's where I wanted to hear from you guys um, because now he uh, he wanted to have this ballot initiative called the DC Bike Life Access and Use of Non Traditional Vehicles Act of 2018. So you'd be able to register the vehicle and you'd have limited use in the district and on highways. On the highways specifically, you'd be able to ride on the shoulder in DC as long as you're not going over 45 on the streets, then you don't need a motorcycle endorsement on your license. Mm-hmm. So I get that they're trying to bake in some safety there. Sure. But, uh, again... That takes away half of the fun. Right. That's you know thing. what I mean? It's yeah. like you're getting away with something, I think, and that's part of it, right? I mean, yeah. it's the, that's part of the thrill, I think, of what they're doing. Kurt, what do you think about registering them and making them legal and allowing them to do what they're doing? I'm, I'm a little bit torn about this because the groups that we're talking about generally ride in the city. Mm-hmm. What they're trying to do is they're trying to say... 
we like to ride dirt bikes. We like to ride ATVs, but we don't have a place to do it where we live. Mm. You can go out to the countryside and see people doing you know, wheelies and jumping over dirt berms and sure. yeah, riding down power line trails and things of, of that nature. But in the city, yeah. if you'd like to ride your ATV, w- what do you do? There's got to be some sort of a happy medium. Mm-hmm. I believe here in Atlanta, they've been trying to, or they were, I don't know if it's still going on, but they were trying to build a park or some sort yeah, of a space yeah, yeah. where they could, um, okay. where, the, where dirt bike riders could ride their dirt bikes in town. Okay, I have a question for you about that then. So, okay. like, I know we keep wandering all over the place, and, and I, I think, I feel like I have more to say about, you know, registering them, and yeah, maybe, yeah. you know what, let me just do that right now. Okay. Because okay? I, I, before we pass this up and, and it's gone, you know, the moment's gone, you know, registering them, it, that's fine. The problem is a lot of these are, are very low vehicles. You know, they're, you know, the four-wheelers, it's hard to see them. I've been behind individual four-wheelers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, leaving the office here, right on the streets, right outside of our office. Yeah. Um, just on, you know, I, I don't know, any random Tuesday afternoon, uh, you know, going home from work. And they don't have a flag on the back or anything like that. There's no way to, like, see them if they're coming over a hill toward you. There's a lot of hills down here. It city is, is uh, you know, it's rolling city. It's not flat like a lot of cities are. So you have a difficult time seeing oncoming traffic sometimes at intersections. Yeah. If you don't have an awareness that a four-wheeler is coming over the over the road. You know, it's like, it's like imag- anybody else can imagine like a go-kart or something like that. It might be a little bit higher than that, but not much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to see somebody on a, on a lower vehicle like that and small, relatively small. Um, it's going to add a lot of complexity to things where they're going to have to have headlights and taillights and turn signals and, you know, whatever other safety features are needed. They're going to have to wear the proper equipment. You know, the helmet law is going to have to be part of this whole thing, and that's not right now, you know, because they're just doing this on their own. You'll see a lot of guys that don't wear helmets in these rides. And it is mostly guys. It is mostly young guys. Not Sure. Not a lot of women participate in this. I'm sure there are, but not a lot. I don't know. I just I don't feel like it's a good solution to register them. I mean, to track them, that's great. But again, I think it takes all the fun out of it for for these guys. So that's the thing too with having a designated space. It probably goes into registration. It, it does, but God, here again, conflict. conflict How do you I'm, feel about scooters being on the road? Then? Well, like you know the low powered scooters, like the birds. And, and well, no, so, no. Uh, um, Oh, like Vespas? Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, Vespa types or Chow. Know, even the old Chow to those. That's Honda what I Spree. Say. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, well, Kurt, we've had to talk about these a long time. Like it's 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 really hard to deal with those in downtown Atlanta, especially mm-hmm. because of the the terrain that we've talked about. Um, and a lot of cities are the same, I think. But they're they're, I mean, even at their fastest, they're still slower than traffic, and that's really yeah. hard to hard to um, accommodate for. I get it in really dense cities. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like some some cities, yeah. maybe not a ton of American cities, but in some like really dense Asian cities or really old European cities mm-hmm. where a lot of the thoroughfares just used to be alleyways because yeah. there were no such thing as cars. I think those, I think scooters work magnificently there. I am a little sour on them because my girlfriend went through a phase where she fell in love with the idea of having a scooter. I think you may have, rem- you may remember this from Scott and I, <laughs> we had to, you know, we had to have what corporate America calls a healthy conversation about whether you actually want a scooter or whether you love the idea yeah. of mm-hmm. a scooter. Sure. Right? And, um, I think I see where you're going there with that because we have those, but Atlanta is such a, a sprawling city and the streets are so wide, and for a big part of the city, outside of, like, suburb developments, a lot of the main roads are going to be faster than a scooter can go. Mm-hmm. Those are just the facts. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but does that mean, and I don't know if this is where you're going, Kurt, but does that mean, then, that all scooters should be relegated to some special area, like a scooter preserve, and you have to you have to register with the scooter club? Well, I feel like it just makes... A lot of sense to have low impact vehicles moving around a city. Well, that's along good. with cars and along with bikes and along with pedestrians on foot. I mean, even though if you're on a street, you're not necessarily looking for a dirt bike. Yeah. But pulling out of a parking lot, yeah. You should you should be looking for people on foot, people on bike, people on motorcycle, whatever. Oh, absolutely. So I mean when you're on the road Usually cars are the things that register if you're glancing around like you should be yeah. doing all over the place. But yeah, yeah. 
you know, I mean, I, I believe that all these vehicles do or should have a place in certain areas. In transit, right. they all need right. bike lanes. Yeah, you know, I, okay, I under, I see what you're saying that, you know, if there are motorcycles on the street, why can't there be a four-wheeler on the street? I mean, it seems like that's logical, right? It yeah. should be able to happen. Maybe it's just that we've got a bad taste in our mouth because of what we see already with these four-wheelers on the streets, you know, like the, the way that they're being used right now. Mm-hmm. If they were following the traffic rules, if they were following the traffic laws and, you know, all that, and everything was fine, like, you know, with a lot of motorcycle riders uh, and bicycle riders, of course. I don't want to offend any bike riders in the room, <laughs> Kurt. But, um, you know, and scooter riders, that's fine. As long as they're following the rules, that's fine. It does disrupt the flow a bit, and mm-hmm. I would think that the motorized vehicles, I should say the four-wheelers, have a little more pep to them than the uh, than the scooters do usually yeah. typically, and you know of course bicycles are on the other end of that, and then we've got you know the the little electric scooters that we deal with now and all that mm-hmm. too. It's another whole conversation that we could have. There's not a problem but, if people just park them. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And I'm Sarah Hart Unger, a mother of three, practicing physician, writer, and course creator. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. On the Best of Both Worlds podcast each week, we share stories of how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. We talk all things planning, time management, organization, and more. We share what's worked for us and our listeners as we're building our careers and raising our families. We're here to cheer you on as you figure out how to make your days even more amazing. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Listen to Best of Both Worlds every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So getting back to the idea that, you know, well, why doesn't the city install a place for them to ride? Okay. I I think that there's a problem with this, and I think I mentioned this way up front in the podcast, that, you know, I've seen that as a proposed uh, solution to this whole thing. The problem is if they're riding the way that we see them riding now, you know, it's kind of like when they're meeting up in the park and you see them going everywhere and doing stunts and like nearly, they're near collisions. There's, you know, it's not like there's a track and it's like, you know, it's like a BMX track or something where everybody goes in the same clockwise direction around this track and you could do your jumps and everything, but, you know, it's very monitored and very carefully watched. It's a little more like a skate park. Yeah, and and they require helmets and they require safety gear and all that, right? And mechanical checks of everything. It's not like taking this just to the park and just letting somebody go. Like, you you can't just have free reign because I think there's going to be problems again, just Mm -hmm. like there were. And insurance... Um, you know, there's going to be legal problems that would arise that you wouldn't consider, uh, you know, maybe you wouldn't consider them on the uh, on the surface, but it's going to happen. I want to mention something else that could be a deal breaker with a designated space argument. That's the, a lot of people who do this want to do it on the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would be in a park or a parking lot. And sure, people probably practice a lot there. 
right? Well, because look how fun this looks. It looks like a blast, doesn't it? I would have a great time doing this, but I would have the guilt. I, I couldn't do it knowing that it's illegal. I just can't, I personally can't do that. I, I, I got to say one thing that's missing from our conversation, one thing I... I feel like we have to point out is that people who are members of bike life groups or who are pro bike life in in some way say that this is a positive thing, that this is an opportunity. Um, I, I think specifically here in Atlanta, uh, and Kurt, I believe this is an article that you sent me, when when our city was talking about the idea of having a specific place to uh, a specific place for people to bike advocates like Robbie Caban spoke up and said things such as this. I'm just going to read this quote to you. We have this opportunity of young urban youth doing something positive and the city has the opportunity to embrace this. And we're the ones dropping the ball. She says that the ATL bike life group also, you know, they have book bag drives for going back to school. They have Easter egg hunts this is a community thing, and you can see groups like ATL Bike Life made a, uh, a, a pretty great music video called Bikes Up, Guns Down. Mm-hmm. And so this is also like an anti-gang thing in some ways that makes it similar to an extracurricular after-school program. And when we factor in that kind of perspective, it gives me uh, a positive view of this. It makes me feel like there's some way that cities can support it. I just don't know what that way is. Yeah. yeah. What if it's uh, what if it's one uh, one weekend or one day out of the month, or you know, it's the third Saturday every month we have this ride, and it goes on these streets, and it's a it's a pathway that's cleared of pedestrians, cleared of other cars, other vehicles. Allow them to do what they do, to have fun on the city streets, and ride as they want. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe I mean that's yeah. it's not a bad solution, not a terrible solution, but. Again, I feel like you sanction something like this. You tell them, like, this is okay, mm-hmm. and it takes away 50% of the fun. It takes away the freedom. Maybe maybe 80% of the fun right. is sucked out of that event right there immediately. I'm, Mardi Gras isn't every day, even in New Orleans. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, these events, these rideouts or whatever you want to call it, and, and sometimes it might even be just, you know, we're going to meet up at this gas station and see what happens, you know, and everything does happen. I mean, they end up splitting up, you know, and the, the police do show up, and everybody gets together, and they talk about how close it was and you know it's kind of i mean i can understand the adrenaline i can understand you know Mm -hmm. the uh the sensation that they're that they're getting out of this yeah but it's really hard to get past the fact that it's illegal well people view it too as a sport and we've talked about illegal racing before Mm -hmm. maybe a bike park isn't a terrible idea if we lean into the sport competitive nature of it Mm -hmm. so now we're not just going in like just uh knuckling around we've got uh, we've got spectators coming because it's time to see you know the dirt bike olympics yeah see like that's that. cool see that it's cool but then you have to start you know investing money into things that you wouldn't have to if you're just taking this thing out of a shed and riding it around the block you know instead of a gallon of gas that, that will get you around half the day you know yeah. one of these you can you have to start you know investing in the safety gear that we talked about or maybe in entry fees for competitions you know so the prizes can be given mm-hmm. um you know whatever that happens to be there or might be some charity. additional yeah or if it's for charity that's yeah whatever i mean there there's some great outlets for this whole thing i really do believe that this can be turned around into something like 100% positive but right now it's still got that stigma that there's something not right about this and i i feel it you know, when I watch this, I mean, I know it's not right. I mean, you can see the reactions of people around them when it happens. It's a little bit of, a little bit of terror, a little bit of fascination, some, you know, some awe. I guess um, we've got a lot of people in the office here that have come up to me on, after a weekend and said, "Hey, you're not going to believe what happened. I took, you know, some cell phone video of what happened this weekend at the gas station I was at." You know? <laughs> but you know, it was, it was frustrating also because I had to wait 20 minutes for this whole group to kind of clear out so I could then resume my route. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit frustrating for, for people, you know, just have to kind of sit there and wait because you're not going to risk getting into that, that swarm of, of ATVs and dirt bikes. So, um, gosh, I don't know. It's, it, you know, one other quick thing that's really interesting, I yeah. think, you guys might have seen this too, that, you know, when it, some of these videos will go from the dirt bike experience, you know, with the ATVs down to people that are doing it with BMX bikes, you know, and, and maybe mountain bikes or whatever on city streets. And then they'll show oftentimes groups of kids that look up to these, you know, young men 
as being something that you know they want to do in the next four or five years when they when they're old enough to you know get get their own bike. So they're out there riding their their BMX bikes as children, trying to do some of the same stunts and things. And I I know one video that I watched. Uh, there was a young kid. He was standing in a group of other kids talking, and you know they were yelling stuff at the camera. You know, just kind of being kids, having fun. And uh, there's an adult walking by behind them, and I think it was Baltimore, as a matter of fact. I'll tell you why in a second. But the um, the the boy was in a sling. He had his arm in a sling, and he said, "You know, I crashed my bike into a into a tree, and you know, I broke my arm, and I, I cracked my collarbone, my teeth came out, and like, he was talking about all his injuries that he had." But he's like, I still can't wait to get back on my bike again. And, <laughs> and the adult behind them is saying, like, oh, man, you guys think you're in a gang? What do you call your gang anyways? And they're like, we're like the 12 o'clock boys. You know, and that was from uh, from Baltimore, right? So they, they see themselves as being like the 12 o'clock boys in Baltimore, which is like one of these street mm-hmm. uh, riding gangs. You know, uh-huh. the, I keep calling them gangs, but they're groups yeah. um, of ATV riders, et cetera. But these young kids are looking up to them, and there's going to be another generation of these kids it's going to do the same thing, and and they're already excited about it. So it's going to happen. You know, you it's, know it's, why they're called the twelve o'clock boys? Why is that? Because the goal is when you pop a wheelie, to be pointing oh, at twelve yeah. o'clock. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Part of the whole thing is showing off and having people see you. These groups stage events like they do. They want to be seen. They want to make a show of it. And I, I feel like this is the best way for them to do it is just to get a big group together yeah. and go out on uh, 285 or whatever and have people see them there. You know, there were always people when I was growing up that were like super good at riding wheelies on their, on their 10 speed, you know, the ones with the really yeah, thin yeah, yeah. tires yeah, and yeah. they'd ride around, you know, like miles like that, you know, riding their bike. And I was never all that good miles? at Miles? Well, okay, hundreds and hundreds of yards like that. Every time you'd see them going down the road, they're riding a wheelie. Like sometimes no hands or some, you know, show off thing like that. It was like the older kids, right? And I was never that good. So maybe my group could be called like the eight o'clock boys. There you go. You know, like I can there get my go. wheel up to like eight o'clock for a short time and then put it back down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing about the, the legality that I wanted to say is that there's people in the country that do this as well, like out in the sticks. Oh, and yeah. they're not really doing it legally either. Oh, absolutely. There's very few places that you can ride an ATV and not have to pay a lot of money or own a lot of land where you can go and just ride and practice and where you could do that legally. That so is a fantastic I feel point. like it's just kind of that thing. They do it where they live. The people right. out in the country, they ride where they live. So it's, you know, it's yeah. illegal, but, you know, so is speeding. Okay, and everybody well, I, speeds. I, I, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no one in this room, Kurt. I don't know what you're talking about. Jeez, man. Yeah, so, I thought so you were ben, be, early, being cool. <laughs> earlier you mentioned that you had a four-wheeler or you had access to a four-wheeler. Yeah, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. what was that all about? Oh, I just growing up in a more rural area for part of the time when we lived there. And I think it's, I think it's a thing that... All kids should have an opportunity to do, you know, a little dirt bike, ATV. I think it's important for us to acclimate to outdoor activities, things like that. Yeah. And it's it's just cool. So we had a stretch of land, just like Kurt was describing. You have to have the land to do it. So we were never on main roads. You know what I mean? As much as I wanted to go to the drugstore because I thought it would be cool. You know what I mean? I was not old enough. And I couldn't, I would have lost, uh, you know, I would, I don't know if my parents would have let me get an actual driver's license if mm. I got caught pulling some grand theft auto yeah, on fair my enough. ATV. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but this is an experience I think a lot of us listening along today have had as kids. Like, did you guys ever have dirt bikes or ATVs? I, mean, I, I know you did, Scott. Me? I, well, that farm that I would spend summers on in Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, there was that, you know, that one magical Christmas when my cousin got a four-wheeler. Wow. And, and a three-wheeler and then a three-wheeler for their youngest kid, you know, like the little tiny mini one. Oh, they uh, were starting back on... in the early days of like the Honda three wheelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the big balloon type tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that thing was so cool. They were all fun. They're blast. But I loved the four wheeler, and it was fast, and I learned how to shift and all that. And we'd jump it. Okay, you would take it down to the school and jump it. You know, and, and that's the closest I came to like you know riding on the road, like Kurt was talking about. Like maybe you're off in the ditch because it's a lot of open country out there mm-hmm. in, in in the middle. You know, northern Indiana, I guess. And um, you know, we were able to uh, um, stay off the road which was rarely traveled. It's an old rural highway that was in front of the farm. And uh, just, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun to do it. And I look back on it with, you know, great fondness. You know, it was a, it was a lot of fun to do it. And I, I wish, 
I had somewhere to do that now and could have one of those vehicles again because it was that much fun. But you can just, do it on the street outside. I see all the time. Yeah, yeah I just talking ran, about them. I just ride <laughs> into work. It'd probably be a faster commute. You know, getting around all the traffic. You know, hop on the shoulder. Yeah. Don't get caught. Any experience on anything like this? Any? And, oh, um, how about like. Uh, mini bike or, you know, like the little, um, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the off-road type bikes or anything like that. I stick to bikes of the pedal variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I would have pegged you as like a kid that was always on his, his dirt bike, his BMX. <laughs> no, always on my bicycle. Know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we also want to hear from you because we know a lot of people in the audience have definitely grown up with ATVs or dirt bikes or mini bikes, which I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, you can let us know your story. Tell us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter where Car Stuff HSW or just Car Stuff, some derivation thereof. Uh, and uh, uh, shout out to everybody on Facebook who was saying hello to you, Scott. Oh, yes. I, you know, I checked out the comments. I, I really yeah. appreciate that. It's good to be missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad to be back, though, really. And on a positive note, we did find a successful case of legal uh, legal bike lifing, right, mm-hmm. uh, in Pennsylvania in 2018, someone bought out an entire racetrack and more than 400 dirt bike and ATV riders took advantage of this. This was in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. A dirt bike fan out of Harlem, a guy named Benjamin Charles, rented out the entire racetrack in Long Pond. And apparently they had a, I mean, I'll say it, they had a hell of a time. And they got written up in the New York Times. Is Long Pond Pocono Raceway? You, you know what, Kurt? I think you're right. I think they actually did rent out Pocono. No way. Pocono, yeah. really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. This is much bigger than I thought. I guess I was I was picturing just more of like a, uh, you know, a state fairground type situation. No, I think Kurt's right. I've got a uh, video oh, here. Uh, nope, that's a paved track. That's big. Yeah. That's big, yeah. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, that looks like fun. But you know what? <laughs> right away, you just showed me that, uh, and I just saw people going the opposite travel, like opposite direction. <laughs> so they're they're headed at each other on dirt bikes. I mean, that's the thing, man. <laughs> what they, is it about motorcycles that just brings out that rebel in people? I don't know, but it is, isn't it? I mean, it, it is something about them. Like, it just it just makes you feel good, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Looks like fun. So there are, there are individuals and groups out there finding a way to, to make this work uh, without some of the cons that we mentioned. Sure. So Have I, the fun without the, uh, without the fear of being arrested. Yeah, but for some people, the fear is part of the fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. I, I if I had an opportunity to do this, mm. I would have to think twice about it. I, yeah, I, I would say, I'd, choose your words carefully. No, no, no. Man. I would. I would really. I could seriously consider it. I, I don't think that I would do it because I'm one. I'm one to try to not get arrested. You know, I don't. I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to do things that are illegal. I really do try not to. Um, Your rap sheet's too deep already, yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, uh, I'm just waiting for that third strike, you know. But, uh, but no, seriously, I, I probably would have to seriously consider it because it's kind of one of those events or times in my life when, you know, I, I physically could do something like that still. It would be a lot of fun, I know, just the, the adrenaline, you know, that's what everybody's yeah. searching for, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, just being part of a, a group like that, even just if it was one ride, that would be fun. I don't know what the fine is. I, I feel like the cops go, now at least, um, in Atlanta, I feel like the cops have been pretty hesitant to crack down on people. Yeah, but they're crushing bikes. Yeah, well, that was in D.C., so I, I can't speak to D.C. But also, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very reluctant to say anything about any personal plans here because i don't know what the fines are you know if if it's some place where it's a like a 72 dollar fine or something like a seatbelt ticket then i feel like that's don't take this out of context but i feel like that's a fun crime you know what i mean where they're like oh you are doing wheelies on a side road i'll be like you got me scott is writing this down what's the date <laughs> okay date fun it, fun crime you said <laughs> yes got it, got yeah it. fun crime got it uh because I also, if there's a serious thing, like the D.C., the D.C. Uh, fine includes possibly a month in jail, oh. which I'm sure is probably, you know, a suspended sentence or something you get if you're being a real pill. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want our show to be played in court with me going, yeah, fun crime. Let's get on our ATVs. <laughs> what are they going to do? Uh, lock me up. I'm going to live forever. Woo! 
Well, just stay out of D.C. That's all you have to do. I mean, I, how many other cities are you banned from? I mean, so, you know, <laughs> just one more city. One more city just, on the list. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, Kurt, what's your opinion? Would you would you do this if given the opportunity? Um, I'm going to pass. I'll be on my bicycle, though. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. In a critical mass ride somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't take part in those. Okay, gotcha. Usually just solo. Yeah. Solo out of the way. Nothing wrong with that. I read a, I, I thought of you, Kurt, because I read about a thing in San Francisco, I want to say. It's somewhere in California called mm-hmm. Critical Manners. <laughs> you, no, no, this is a true story. Critical Manners. Yeah, right, it's, I'm, uh, they're, um, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, they're, I, I think they're trying to bring civility to bikers. Uh, yeah, it's San Francisco. It's a response <laughs> to Critical Mass. Uh, and... <laughs> They ride through the city on the second Friday of the month, and they make a big deal of obeying all traffic laws. Now, this is something I can get behind. Are you serious? Yeah, this is uh, great. What a fantastic idea. So goody too. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Where's the fun? This is perfect. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's you like bikers. <laughs> now, one thing that I do not do on my bicycle, yeah. and I see this all the time, and That's it bothers it. me even as a cyclist, is that when you pass a cyclist, and you you hit a red light, yeah. They pass you back. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel as if I don't. You know, I don't want to be passed twice by a car. So I'll just you know I'll, I'll wait in my place because yeah. you know that just so increases the danger. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm like you, Scott, straight and narrow. <laughs> I try to be. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be really no speeding. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Scott, no, I can't believe no, no you, comment. You want to join a club that's dedicated to following rules? <laughs> For, uh, no, I, I want other... No, it's not me. I want other people to join that club to follow the rules. Okay. Yeah, I, I want them to do it and understand the rules of the road, and then everybody's happy, right? We're all, like, we're all happy. I, I see this I see this San Francisco group as, like, like cotillion for bike riders. You know, it's like, <laughs> here's the way to properly... Here's the way to behave properly. They don't teach you how to dance and how to, you know, how to dress and how to set a table. They teach you, like, hey, when that light's red, you don't go. I wish we had told you about this earlier I think, because your takes on this are hilarious. <laughs> I think all these groups know how to behave on their motorcycles or bicycles or even in their cars. Yeah, I think no they one's just startled. not to. Yeah. No one's like, oh, that's what those lights meant the whole time? I don't, I don't know, Ben. I think, I think they don't know. So, well, uh, let us know. Let us know, folks. We have a lot of bikers in the audience, uh, maybe... I don't know. Maybe well, it's the people who went to Cotillion. Yeah, maybe we've got less bikers in the audience now, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right. You know? right. They, uh, they've given up on us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, but let, us know, let us know your take, uh, because this is an interesting debate, and it's one that's set to continue. And uh, you can probably tell that the three of us are, you know, we're all a little on the fence. We got some pros and some cons here, you know? I will tell you this. I'm going to go back to my desk after this, and I'm going to watch more of the videos of these, uh, these rideouts and, you know, the, the bike life videos, because they're fascinating. Mm. They're fun to watch. They and, really are, and they look like fun. But just uh, just do the same and, and see what you think and then write in and tell us. And I'm going to brush up on my critical manners. <laughs> Good for you, Kurt. <laughs> and so uh, so uh, here we are. It's car stuff. We're in 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, we will be back very soon. 2020. I see things so clearly now. You know what I mean? I can't it's believe it's terrible pun. No, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just end it here. It's not worth going any farther. Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com backslash live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.